the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Well, everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Pack, Mike Gennetti. We'll get to the topics here in a second, but want to mention this SpotTrack podcast presented by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, empowering professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and their wealth. Learn more. Visit MorganStanley.com slash GSE. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC and they are going to be calling Jacob Degrom. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Take That's care of that cash. First phone call to make. Yes. Well, and, and we're going to talk about Degrom and Gronk. Um, sure. We're starting with the GRs today. All right, yeah. uh, Gronk and I know it's Degrom. A couple but, of thirty-year-olds. Yes, uh, but let's talk about Jacob Degrom, Mike Gennetti. We're all Mets fans here, right? I don't think he's, right? gonna, he's not impartial on this one. No. no, no, I'm going to say it up front. If we talk for 40 minutes about the Mets, I'm all for that right now. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm we all too. Mets fans here, actually. We well, all yeah, go back to uh, only, our childhood, and some still do. Right. One of us, one of us here, is more passionate than the other two, <laughs> no and question. that would be Mike. Uh, when it comes to that, so uh, like we were living '86. Oh yeah, big time. Oh yeah. Maybe one of us was living '69. No. No, okay. <laughs> 73 World Series, one of my first like childhood sports memories, Mets and A's. Nice. That's kind of one of those things that you first remember watching with your dad and all that stuff and starting to get old enough to get into sports and understand it. So, All right. So a little, 77 was yeah. my first one. So let's, let's talk numbers in a little bit, but I, I want to pose this question because I, I wonder if you saw this yesterday. It's kind of been hitting the waves here. Did, did you see Noah Syndergaard yesterday? No. Make his little press conference. right? Okay, so it was kind of a two-fold thing, right? He, he gets up there. Here's what they're doing. They're leaving, they're leaving Port St. Lucie, and they're, what they're doing is they're traveling to Syracuse, which is now the farm team for the Mets. Yeah, for a workout, not a well, game, by the way. It's, a, it's an appearance, right? It's an appearance, <laughs> right. it's, yes. It's we got to pump up the new, the, the new farm team and get some fans out. And, Sign some autographs. You know, sure, it, yeah. Obligations. And then they're going somewhere. New York, I think. Then they're going to New York. Then they're going to Washington for the Thursday Thursday afternoon opener. Uh. So it's kind of like they're getting bounced around the East Coast here. Sure. So Syndergaard basically came on the mic and said, you know, that's, uh, that's not ideal. That's not what championship teams do. So he kind of threw some shade at his own team. And then he c- turned that into, oh, and by the way, we should probably pay Jacob DeGrom, right? Because this guy's been pretty damn good. So, so Sounds like Noah had a bad morning well, that day. You know well, what, I think he's right about the bouncing around. Well, I agree. With I got to say this, because we're talking about Gronk in a little bit here. It, it felt Gronkish the way he was saying this. You know what I mean? Like, you know how there's guys that can say things negatively, but you still kind of love them for it? Sure. That's, that's Syndergaard. And if you follow him on social media, he is kind of a darling He's he, hysterical. He's sarcastic. He looks like a dude who's going to say whatever. A he, live wire. He looks like he acts sometimes, but then at other other times, very educated with what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, sure. So you got to appreciate that. He's probably speaking um, up, by the way, for the rest of the team. For, he is, no question. My, my yes. point is, he's now that guy. Where Gronk can do that, too. Gronk could say something serious, and we'd all listen, because we love listening to Gronk. <laughs> And we would take it with a grain of salt, but we'd also laugh it off, which sure. is what we're doing here. But look at, you know, 12 hours later, Jacob DeGrom's got $140 million. So, you know, he, either he knew something was coming and he wanted to get out in front of it, or he wanted to put his foot out for the rest of the rotation and the Mets and say, you know, I, I know guys generally don't get paid here, and they don't. You know, I mean, it's rare when you see major contracts, you know, in, in the blue and orange. This was one that had to get done, and I'm glad he came out and said something because you, you don't have numbers like he has and get screwed around like this. You don't. I mean, Jacob DeGrom, he's, he's making himself a Hall of Famer in the last, last three years. Well, how do you do as far as making money? Because before yeah. we started re- recording the show here, you were going over this because something didn't make sense to me. Yeah. 
And this year doesn't make sense to me. This and honestly. next, honestly. Yeah. Yes. Because we're talking about Jacob deGrom and – you know, we're seeing what Kershaw is getting thirty million a year, well, and I'm I'm thinking that's the number for Degrom. Let's compare this structurally to like the NFL. We can stay with the Patriots. Even the reason Tom Brady always does two year deals that come every two three years is because he gets a nice big fat signing bonus of twenty five to thirty million dollars that he gets to put in his bank account and never have to use. Right, but that's sort of the ploy: keep the cap low, keep a ton of cash up front. Well, you would think with a thirty year old guy like Degrom, one of the trade offs would be. You know, I'll take a deal that's not $35 million a year, which he didn't do, but I need a ton of cash right sure, now. Right. Right. I, I, need, I need some insurance. With policy the history on of the Mets, elbow. that's yeah. a very smart decision. <laughs> but they didn't. That's right. So he was, he was signed to a $17 million arbitration contract for this year. Right. That's exactly what he's going to make in 2019. He's going to make a $7 million salary with a $10 million signing bonus, and then he's going to bump that up to $23 million next year. So we're talking about the best the best pitcher in the National League, arguably in all of baseball. No reason to believe he's gonna he's gonna you know step down from that over the next two three years because of you know this is sort of his prime now. Uh, he was a late bloomer. He got to the majors like age twenty six, twenty seven. So you know financially speaking, he's in his prime even though he's older. But forty million over two years for the best pitcher in baseball, you know, and this is the this is the big this is the big contract. Right. There's not another one coming. No. You know what I mean? No. You're this right. isn't like the sophomore contract. This is the contract. So structurally speaking, he took a hell of a of a pay cut to sign this deal. So cash wise, and this is all at spotrack.com, seventeen million in cash this year. Yeah. Right? Ten million in a signing bonus. Right. All right. So and Robert Rayola will tell us. Well, you know, he's getting killed in New York. He's getting killed in New York. <laughs> yeah. Even That's, with the bonus. Yeah. It's probably six million uh, that, yeah. that he's getting. Twenty-three million next year in cash. Yeah, thirty-three and a half million. So it gets in, good in at like 21. age thirty-three, thirty-four for him. All right, but my question is this: and and maybe I'm not seeing it. Yeah. All right. He already agreed. He arbitration deal seventeen million this year. Yeah. So did he was already to make seventeen million? He's making no no new money. Right. That's what I'm. That that's yeah. my point. Like is, wait wait a second. You you yes you got uh, raises coming the next five years. And you start making big money, although it does decrease in the last two years of the deal, but it's still in the $30 million, so he'll be okay. I'm just thinking, but, but the, you, you got a signing bonus of money you already had coming. That, that's right. The, all of your compensation this year was already, already accounted already for. Already happening. So, it's like, so the, it's like an extension that starts next year, which is common, except this is not a common player. Like, like I meant, that's why I prefaced it the way I did. This is the best pitcher in baseball who needed it. Now, let's say that. He didn't need a contract. And this is the leverage point the Mets had. He was under team control for two more years, 19 and 20. So he's not hitting free agency. So the, the urgency was, we've got to give this guy his due. And that's leverage to the Mets. And that's sort of why these numbers look this way. Okay. But even if you're the Mets, right? And I know the Mets don't like to throw money around. Not many teams do these days. But if you're the Mets and you see what's happening with baseball and, and all sports, and how these careers are shrinking, and how at, at age 30, 31, 32, it's a what if, right? It's a maybe for a lot, and especially for pitchers. Any moment in time, that thing pops, right? Um, why wouldn't you front load this deal for him? Yes. Why wouldn't Rom want it that way? Yes, right. Thank but you. I, I guess my point is the Mets clearly had more leverage than we're all leading on to yeah. because of how this is structured. You know, my joke about But why being... would they want to pay him $34 million at age 33, 34? If they didn't have to, if they could have flipped this deal on its end, is my set is my well, point. Maybe they may, well, may, right? Pay seventy million over the next two years, no, and you, then de- decrease. You know why? 
Here's my theory. Sorry, Met fan, but they're going to move him. Okay, we're going to get to that. Right. That is the, actually the point of this podcast. So yeah, okay. very, very nice. Yes. Ghost transition. There. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if I'm the Mets, this is a great deal for me because I get my star pitcher and I get him signed. I show the rest of the team we will pay guys. I don't have to pay a lot of cash up front because I don't have a lot of Wait, cash. Wait, I got to push back on you, though. Okay, push back on me. A, a movable deal would be front loaded. It, it should be. A movable deal would be we're going to pay you for the two years and we're going to pay you good money so you're happy. But then we're going to dump those salaries down four or five million so that you you're easily tradable. And move, yeah, I I agree with you on that notion, except for they they don't want to pay out all the cash. That's, well, well, so well, you know, right? And, and, that is that is and, the motto of the Mets. And well, when I, you move them across, <laughs> when you move them across the river, across town, yeah. you know, yeah. who cares? See, it's you brought million. up the point, Kevin, that I keep thinking of, and Mike knows this. The Mets operate differently than a lot of teams. Partly, they're still having effects of the Madoff scandal. Um, they don't have the kind of cash that you would expect a big market money team in know, New York still? to have. Still. So I they, they always operate differently. I mean, it, it's not oh not really the best comparison, but go back to the whole Bobby Bonilla thing. That's why they did the way but, they did that he's still getting paid till he's I, 70. I, so you have no. to I think you have to understand the Mets Business model is always seems to be different. I see. I I, I, I have difficulty still believing that's the case because that was what four or five years ago. Oh, longer than that. All right. So listen, you've got a, a baseball contract in place. They've got you know their their own network that they're on. Um, they're New York for crying out loud. You're the Mets. I which is why I use the word different. I I went I went down the same path you did last night when all this because I was actually ready to write a show about how they should signed Jacob DeGrom, and these are the reasons. So that had to go away. And I, I started to dive into the, the valuations of the teams, the Forbes valuations. Guess where the Mets are? Well, top they've got to be top six. Ten. I was going to okay. say five six. to ten would have been my guess. To be, just because of New York. I, hey, I'm not saying that I understand. So my question is, why do they seem to be operating <laughs> this, the, this, this, you know, um, with a tin cup out in front of City Field? Exactly. Why? It, there's... There's just a, a mantra do, among that ownership, do. right? This is Maybe just the way the ownership. Scared. Yep. Maybe they got scared by what happened. Well, let's you be know? honest. The- and the Wilpons have never been sort of the biggest, richest, no. you know, people on the block for having owned a New York team. That that their 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 own net wealth has well, never been equivalent to a lot of other owners. Aren't they? Uh, isn't uh, we have Wilpon, but uh, who's the other guy there? Oh, uh, uh, they brought the the, the TV and Katz, publishing right? guy. Guys, in, right? right. Yeah. He wants to sell. Right, right? Isn't there well, rumors he wants to sell? Great day. R- r- I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> but, and, and I have to think there's got to be a lot of people who'd be interested in owning the Mets, or the Wilpons are trying to figure out how to buy them out so they don't have to bring other partners in. I, any kind of change would be positive for me. I, I'd, I'd love to see this team be swinging bigger. But you, you mentioned they've been burned. They've also been burned in the last year and a half when they extended Ioannis Cespedes at $27.5 million a year for three maybe years. maybe why they have a new general manager. And he can barely walk down the stairs right yep. now. Uh, so, you know. I mean, the, the other, there's, there's the, recency bias to all this. Too. The other <laughs> dynamic with the Mets is they're always competing with the Yankees. and, and the But Cesp- they shouldn't be. But the, but they always have. And the Cespedes signing was another example. But that's of, just for the back gotta, page. I know, but, <laughs> but you're always competing with the bigger, stronger, better, wealthier neighbor on the block. And, 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 frankly, more successful neighbor on the block. And I think that's that's prompted the Mets over the years to make a lot of bad decisions mm-hmm. 
because they're, oh my God, we need to grab the attention back, the back page, the whatever it is. I think that the the financial issues and that competition with the Yankees has always clouded the Mets decisions. Here, you know, here's the fascinating thing with the Mets to me is they have the arms. Yes. Have, they have had the arms. Right, and have had the <laughs> arms, right? I mean, and they've had re- fairly recent success. Yes. Right? I mean, it wasn't too long ago. 2015 World Series, yeah. Yes. So uh, how how they screwed that up? Isn't that Six, what every right? team is trying to do is have right. the arms, right? I, Isn't that's what, I'm that what saying, baseball's like, all about? Um, and because of uh, their money issues, I, I don't know, you know. I, I don't know what their cash is like. It's like the Raiders in football, right? How I, think, the hell you... I think it's probably a lot closer yeah. to the Raiders in football. Yeah. That then that's a great comparison, right? Yes. I mean, uh, the sunny the, the structure of this contract says me everything. Yeah, we don't have a ton of cash on hand. Yes, right. That's right. Right. That's right. You know, I guess that's why it took so long for Jacob Degrom to get this done. Right. He sure. probably wanted to sign this thing two months ago, um, and the Mets just basically said we we can't physically do it, right? If because they just. Tr- you got to remember, they just had a heck of an offseason here. I mean, they acquired six new starters across the lineup. I mean, they're going to be a brand new team. A lot of people actually like how this looks, myself included. But to me, this had to happen. So, you know, whatever needed to happen financially, you know, move some cash around, however they're going to do it, hopefully legally this time, by the way. But (laughs) (laughs) whatever needed to happen, this move had to get done. And it sort of leads into where I want to go, which is, Baseball stupid money is still stupid, but it's not stupid because it's big. It's stupid because of how it's being spent. And I don't understand. I, I'm worried where we're going. And maybe I shouldn't be because we've talked quite a lot, and you kind of alluded to it before, Kevin. Is it, is it a good thing that baseball's going towards massively trading everybody? And that's how the game operates. It's sort of going towards hockey. I know that's kind of your home. Well, but, it was for a while. But yeah, sure. <laughs> but hockey hockey sort of still operates this way. Yes. Right? You sign these big deals that look terrible on paper, and they are terrible. They're yes. terrible contracts except for the player. And the point is, ah, we only need this guy for a couple of years and then we'll move on from him, right? And if we've got to split some of the salary cap, we'll do that. But yeah, hang on to some money when you trade a guy, yeah. But there's always al- you can do. There's almost always a second option in place when you're doing those deals in hockey. And the trade deadline is furious. I mean it's it's bigger than any free agency probably could ever be. That's just how it operates in hockey, and it's it's going to stay that way until you know the the, you know, the new CBA maybe comes forward with some changes. But do you ever play the game kick the can when you were a kid? Of course, ball? yeah, kick the can exactly. Kick it, right, keep that's what it down the road. That's that's, that's how the Saints operate their salary cap. Okay, <laughs> that's to me that's how every NHL salary cap. Well, and every isn't, team. aren't we starting to see the, the NFL move a little bit towards that Sl- way too? Slowly. Here's here's the difference. Here's the difference. The NFL is getting there because the young players are sticking. That never happened. We've had this, this argument, really, yes. as how of how you know quarterbacks needed years to wait. That's done. Right. I think it's done, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the guys who aren't great are good enough. So as long as that continues, and as, if you're going to have you know, 22-year-old starting quarterbacks and 21-year-old running backs and maybe 23-year-old wide receivers leading your teams, mm-hmm. we're going to get there. We're going to yeah. get to a point where veteran contracts... when they get to be 26, you're going to be looking to deal them. Yeah, like the Aaron Rodgers contracts might be gone if that continues, right? Because you, might, you won't need that deal. Right. You'll need a sophomore deal on your guy. And that'll be the end of and it. And you'll trade him four years into it, or right. you'll release him, or, and, you, and you'll be done. Yep. So that's another whole terrifying situation that's coming for you know your 28-year-old NFL players. But I think we're here with baseball. I think we're here. Uh, and the only thing saving it, and, and it's part of the stupid money comment I made, is... 
this ridiculous six-year rookie scale right. in baseball. If not for that, and I hate it, but I think they need it. I still think they need it because who are the best players in the game, right? They're not 30. No. Outside of DeGrom, they're, they're not 30. They're 25 to 30. Yeah, that's Maybe right. Even 23 to 30. That's right. And and what we just saw were 25 extensions in the last couple of months here. Extensions for those those players, those those upper 20s, maybe middle 20 players, a couple of them not even 20 who didn't play in the, in the baseball. Eloy Jimenez, have you heard this story? Chicago White Sox prospect. He's their big prospect. He has never played in the Major League Baseball. They just signed him to a 6-year $43 million extension. <laughs> He's never played. Right. They're just doing this because they want to get it locked in Did, now. Didn't the Indians take this approach years ago? Jose with, Ramirez, you know, where they where Corey they Kluber. where they signed a lot of guys to good contracts, and it was super smart, wasn't it? it? It's incredibly smart, and we all couldn't believe we none of us understood why the players did it. And I'm still at that point, but I'm starting to I'm starting to hash it out, and that's sort of the point of this conversation. And the Indians actually are the reason I'm bringing this up. Big news yesterday that the Indians owner, who is a whole other Will Pond and himself, um, to worse. I mean, worse. He, he basically came out and said, you know, because the questions have been surrounding Francisco Lindor, who's just an, a monster of a player. He's young, shortstop. He does everything. Defense, st- everything. Anything you, you want out of a player, he's charismatic. Um, he's going to be $300 million whenever he wants it. And the Indians owner basically got out in front of it and said, enjoy him while he's here. <laughs> Literally his words. Right. Enjoy him for three years. We've got him under control. And he said the word control, which is... Boy, that's, that, a that's a word. word. That's a, a word, bad right? Word. It is. It is the right word, financially yes, speaking. But, but it's it is a bad word, word. Right? He's Twenty-five. He's under arbitration. Right? Uh, he's finally making ten, 10 million. Ten five. After a couple of five hundred thousand dollar years. Um, my point is, if this system didn't exist, right? If he wasn't controlled for three years, which is exactly how the Indians are approaching this, he would be making three hundred fifty million dollars right now, because there would be a team that would look at him and say. Oh, no, no, we're not waiting. Because they're not waiting on their 20-year-olds, is my point. Sure. Right? We just saw an example of, I mean, Cy Young candidates, Luis Severino, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, they, they all got deals around $10 million a year, right? Their sophomore deals are happening at age 24, 25, 26, and they're, in comparison, they're nothing deals. They're nothing. I mean, I get it from a player standpoint. When you're making 500000 and you're coming off of two years in the minors when you're making thirty grand, right? I mean, that's where we are. That's the... That's the progression that you take as a baseball player right now. When somebody hand you, you know, asks you for $40 million to play four years of baseball, it sounds great. Is free agency just going away? We've had two terrible free agency years. And even if you put Harper and Machado in this conversation, in, in both instances, I think they're not great deals. It'll never go right? away because there'll always be desperate teams that will be willing to spend stupidly because of pressure on front office people or fan pressure. So it'll never go away, but it'll become what the NFL free agency is going to become, which is generally a lot of overpaid money to overaged, mediocre players. But, but my point is, and Kevin really started to say this before, my point is, if you're the Cleveland Indians, just, just to have that example, and obviously bet, Mookie Betts with Boston is another great example, and that's coming up a little sooner here. Why would you let anybody walk? You wouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Even if you have to, to wrap it in a bow that looks like $400 million, you sign that deal. You're not paying $400 million for Mookie Betts. You're paying whatever the next three years cost you. Correct. Right? Or the next four years cost you. So you structure the deal how you can afford it, 
You make it look great for the agent, for the player, and, and that's money he's going to make somewhere. It, it's a calculated gamble that it is, the but it Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Dodgers. Dodgers. The, right? I, I did some gonna... research this morning on the Dodgers. They have been doing this for over a decade. They acquire your player. Right. Th- because they can afford the back end of those contracts. And they and that's when those players are most ready to win. And there's a specific role that they need. It's the Houston Astros, Justin Verlander situation to a T. That, that is the perfect example of this. Um, and it worked immediately. So you know that's what teams are trying to foster now. But that that's where we're going, right? We're going to where those players should never have to get the free agency because the teams should just be smart enough to know, ah, oh, we'll just – look, at Harper just signed a, a, a deal, $10 million under his value, essentially, in Philadelphia. It's it's tradable tom- tomorrow. It's it's already tradable, right? I mean, it is it is the most tradable mega contract maybe in the history of sports. It's just It just is. And – all of the deals this year, Mike Trout included, are tradable. So if if the best player by by t- times three in Mike Trout signs a deal that didn't really blow anybody out of the water, right? It, it's sort of just right in line and a little bit above the rest of them. Then then nobody's untradable. You know, nobody. The, the fascinating thing to me is so you look at the money yeah. involved. Oh, in it's this. stupid. I know, right? I mean, the money overall, stu- but where do the teams get? The money, right? Where does it come from? You know, let's look at the Mets, for example. Yeah. All right, their payroll this year is going to be where are they? They're tenth, right? Uh, tenth in spending. Yeah. I'm going by this website, SpotTrack.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, 153 million. Let's round it around up there. there. Yeah. All right. So let's say they draw f- three million fans. Mm-hmm. Um, the City Field, three million fans there. Just in tickets, uh, just, I'll just throw an average. Price, you know, it's let's say it's thirty bucks. It's ninety million. Yeah, right in gate revenue. That's just for them to keep. Add a right? beer, add a beer and a hot dog. Yeah. Add a beer and a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Add cities. You know mm-hmm. the sponsorships also, and then add all the media. Yeah. they get right. They're making it. They're making the money. Yeah, there's there isn't, and that's just that's not just uh, that's player payroll. That doesn't include all the other payroll. Their revenue last year was about three hundred forty million. The Mets. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Right, and for they're that, one of the lowest in the league. Right. <laughs> That's that's incredible. I'm serious. Right. The Yankees made six hundred and twenty million last that's year. That's on gross revenue. And they just wow. bought their, their TV station back. So that's gonna, that's gonna probably yeah. triple because they've yeah. got Amazon on their side now. So right. I mean, yeah, it's all going up. It's all going up. It's so funny. We talk so much about big market versus small market. And here's a here's a big market team that literally <laughs> a mile and a half like away. the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. They're and they're a mile and a half away from the biggest <laughs> yeah. one in the, it's in, crazy. In the world. Yeah. Yep. Um but because I was looking at Nat, I saw uh, a tweet. Nashville, maybe are they ready for Major League Baseball? I'm like, they can't afford Major League Baseball in Nashville. They're going to be Tampa, <laughs> right? I mean, he spends fifty five million. No, and, and they don't keep anybody. They're never going to be good. They were good once, right? The Rays were good once. Actually, they're they're good. They were good for a good stretch there. Actually, they won ninety for, games. I was last just year. say they were yeah. good for a stretch where they where but they were not good enough. They're not, not good no, enough. Never, no, and might well, never be. And you're a race fan, you got no hope. Competing with, yeah, because of the divisions. Uh, Put so, them in the AL Central, and and you'd be talking about them differently for sure. Okay, fine, but you know what? It, I I don't want to see the Rays in the playoffs. So, because <laughs> you know why? I don't know anybody who plays on the Rays. But but let me put that to you because let's go back to the the and Angels. it's not the way it should be. The Angels and the Mets are Agreed. very, very close. They're 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 sixth and eighth in revenue. Uh, yeah, Mets made three thirty three thirty six. The Angels three thirty four last year. So this is this is a perfect little comparison. But as the secondary teams in those markets, that's right. Yankees perfect. and Dodgers are are the kings. Perfect out there. Um, and 
one has maybe the best pitcher and one has maybe the best position player. And right. Both had to get get contracts done this year. Didn't have to, but they were alluded to that point. I'm a firm believer. Look at $426 million is an unbelievable number. And we, we talked about it in length on our last show, but, but it isn't enough. And is that, is the point that they just don't make enough revenue to afford that much money up front? Is, no, that, yeah. is that the point? I think that's totally the point. sure. Because, because it is a tradable contract. It, it, there is a point where he could turn an Antonio Brown in four years and say, I got to get the hell out of here. I got to go, go to the Chicago Cubs and win a World Series or wherever it's going to be at that, at that w- window. But at $36 million a year, in four years, that, no he's going to be in the middle of the top 10 somewhere. I mean, that, it's going to be, oh, Mike Trout's at that number? Give me him tomorrow. Sure. Right? And the point I'm trying to make is if, if he's really as generational as he is, and he is, I mean, he's, every stat is way above everything else. He's an incredible guy. He's going to work his butt off for his entire life. That guy should get a contract that is immovable, right? If it exists, if, if an immo- immovable contract exists, it should be Mike Trout. It well, should be $50 million, but that's right? not a, But that's not a good way to do business. If I owned a team, but, I would want to have all my contracts be immovable. I would not want to be... Listen, I want the guy locked down, but you know, hey, stuff happens. You know, the oil well uh, <laughs> dries up sometimes. I would want to have movable contracts. It's anything in, in business. You right. need to be fluid. Let's get back to that point then. Is it, is it good for, the, for baseball? If it goes towards hockey, is it good for all well, these sports that were going you, that way? You know Outside I, of basketball, which is going the exact opposite way. I, I, think, <laughs> it's, I think it's good for interest because yes. I think it generates... Trade versus free agency. Spe- spe- uh, specifically for what pro sports has become okay. and where they get a lot of their money from. It's from content and yep. discussion contents like this are great for sports. So, are great for the Yankees who just bought their network back. Right. right? Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if... Fans are more interested and excited by all the off-season talk than they are about the season and the games themselves. Sure, sure they are. Hot stove. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL has mastered the ability to stay front and center even when they don't play any games. The draft is the ultimate example of absolutely nothing happens, <laughs> but every 32 teams fans are fired up, excited, and the thing gets ridiculous ratings to watch a guy walk across the stage. I guess That's what free agency is all about, too. It is. Right? But, Football. Are we going to get Antonio Brown? Are they going to trade him to him? Where's Le'Veon Bell going? Are we going to get this guy, that guy? Wow, who did we get here? Never heard of this offensive lineman, but, man, I can't wait for I him. I can't to wait to see him. I'm yeah. going to go by his jersey. He's a swing tackle. Can't wait to watch the swing tackle in training camp. He's a freaking backup. <laughs> all right, sorry. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me narrow this, though, a little bit. Right? Please do. Because, because I guess the, the point I'm trying to hammer on is, let's say Mookie Betts does sign a $400 million extension with the, with the Red Sox. Right, and let's say it's front loaded to the first four years, and then it's heavily tradable after that. And he is traded. He's traded at age thirty-two to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay, and the rest of it was just fluff. Sure, <laughs> and that's the word I want to use because I use it with the NFL often. Are we going to get there? Are we getting to a point now where it's it's set in stone? I'm the general manager of the Boston Red Sox. I'm Dave Dombrowski, and who is a money guy? He's he's a he's a money pincher guy. Right, he knows where to push his dollars, but he knows where to stop pushing too. Sure, is he going to be the one that figures this out? He pretty much did it with JD Martinez. Is he going to be the one that figures this out? That I don't, that I can, I can make this thing look look, look like ten years, and make him the happiest guy in the world. But he's gone in four, and I'm going to structure it that way, and and we're going to get we're going to get something for for nothing out of this in in the long run anyway. I do think that's fine for baseball, but as a fan, 
as a baseball fan, because there's a point in hockey. Well, this is why you exist. We live right? in a hockey town. Right. Do you even bother buying a Sabres jersey? You should never bother buying. I mean, we signed our best jersey. player to like an eight-year deal, I, right? I just, is he going to be gone in four? I just had I this, think he might. I just had this discussion with my nine-year-old last night. Yeah. He wants a Jeff Skinner jersey. I go, listen, buddy. Ooh, pump the brakes. Yeah, exactly. Free agency's coming. <laughs> Bingo. I said, we have no idea Skinner's going to be on the team next year. He's like, oh, how could they get rid of him? I go, he may want to get rid of them. He's going to be a free agent. And, and as a fan and, and as somebody who follows the game or reports on the game, isn't it going to become intolerable if every single player is tradable and probably possibly will be traded? Sure. Well, right? all right. So let's talk about Eichel real quick because you're talking about Jack sure. Eichel here in Buffalo. So he signs that contract. Yeah. Of course he's going to sign that contract. Someone's going to give you $80 million, You take $80 million, Yeah. Right? So he signs it. Everybody like, well, you know, that's good because, you know, he'd want to go play for the Bruins. He still may want to go play for the Bruins someday, maybe on his next contract, or maybe he is traded at some point. Look at the deal that was signed before Jack Eichel. Ryan O'Reilly, a massive contract, $7.5 million, and guess what? Played a couple of years. They were able to move him to the St. Louis Blues. Every contract in the National Hockey League is movable because they're slotted. Point in case. That's right. They're slotted. And, and that's okay. It's oh, to, Is it? It's okay. Ten, ten years ago, Jack Eichel signs that contract, and we as a city are assuming he's a saber for life. Sure. Right? You just assume, like, oh, that's our franchise guy. He's going to be the, you know, we all go, go buy the jerseys because he's here forever. That, that's gone. Are we fine with that? Well, I think that, you better that, start that being fine gone. with it. I think, yeah. Well, I, I, and it's gone. I think it's gone in baseball, is my point. I think, I yeah, think it's gone in yes. baseball. Oh, Mike, Trout's oh, gonna, sure. Mike Trout is probably favored to be traded in the next four years. Favored, favored to be traded by yeah, twenty sure. by twenty twenty three. I can yeah. see that. I bet his odds are better that he'll be traded because than stays. Here's here's the reason why Jack Eichel's already the eighth highest average paid player in hockey. By the way, yeah. after signing that deal two years ago, Here, here's it, the reason it goes why, quick. Here's the reason why it works in uh, will work in baseball. The team gets a safe face because they sign the player. Look at we signed. I mean, the it guy. looks great, right? Hey, you know what? Four years we're not winning. This doesn't work out. We've got to rebuild. We've got to use. We love them, but we've got to let them go. Yeah, it works out, and that's that's business. It works out that way. F listen, the fans in the end, and this is why it works, Mike. The fans in the end, <laughs> I'll know. use your Mookie Betts Red Sox. They root for the B. That's right. Right? They root for the B. That's right. In, in Buffalo, they root for the uh, you know the cross swords. Right? They root for the Sabers. They root for the emblem when it comes to that. As tough as it is sometimes in this town, with the Mets. You're going to root for the Mets. I mean, look, right? there's no better example of this in the past five years than Jim Carl Stanton. The, the Miami Marlins were never going to pay him $325 million. They didn't even pay their payroll over five years that much. Right. Literally. They, don't, they pay like $100 million a year at most. And you want to think of a team that should be thriving, right? You're in a non-tax income state. You're in Miami, for crying out You're loud. You're in, a, in oh, a state where people who have come from other countries where they true. love the international say, That's yes, right. Yes, the international uh, yes. Uh, uh, population they have there that loves baseball. It's crazy, right? Right. Lowest revenue in the league. That's incredible to me. Yeah. Let me look. Just uh, uh, Second lowest to Tampa. So there you go. That, I mean, Florida. Well... <laughs> That's the Snowbirds, right? Because yep. they all go back to New York and Boston. That's right. Uh, and that, those are the teams. That, that, that's a part of it, right? A large population yeah. of Florida. The they don't root is... for the Marlins. They root for the Yankees. And right. then they'll go to a Marlins game when the Yankees play down there. So I bet nobody goes right? to Florida we've, Panther we've, games. We've I bet seen those... that across them. Remember, Jacksonville is in, in the NFL is kind of 
dealt with that as well too. Yes, that there are a lot of people that that are not that they're from other places that won't root. They may live in Ponte Vedra Beach, but they're Browns fans because they came from Man, Ohio. That's turning around a lot. There's well, a lot because of time because time has sure. created another generation of younger fans. And they've got Nick up Foles. They've got Nick Foles, oh, well, which they wouldn't have go. got without free agency. <laughs> I, I don't know why. They could have. They could have traded for him. <laughs> I'm not a jersey wearer or buyer. I don't know why anybody would ever buy one. It's getting tough, uh, right? You know, there was there was a company that came out with a couple years ago with like a, a like Velcro. an exchange thing. Yeah. No, it wasn't a Velcro. It was like an exchange. You could get a jersey like every month and send it back and get another one. I thought that was brilliant. I don't know why it didn't work out. But why would you spend two hundred fifty dollars on a jersey now? The worst decision you could ever make. You know this 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 happened. I can't even tell you how many times this happened. You know we, our intermission set when I did Sabers Television was right there in the two hundred level mm-hmm. of the arena, and fans could walk by, come up. It was great. You get to interact with the fans. I cannot tell you how many parents with their kid came up to me. Hey, my kid wants a jersey. Which player should I get? And I would tell them. One of two because they signed big deals. Get a Vanek or a Tyler Myers. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Vanek's been the most traded guy like, yes. in the yes. NHL, and Tyler Myers gets shipped to Winnipeg, and I'm like, 18 months later. Oh yeah. my gosh! Wow, right? I, I so always, sorry. I always think back to now, how all about time. You, well, I was just saying. Now, how about you buy a Jack Eichel jersey and then he changes his damn number? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always think back to the to one of the all time great Met fans and Jerry Seinfeld and his root for laundry. That's right. Bit. It's it's t- and that was like 15 years ago. He That's did right. that bit. Could that not be more true than what it is now? You can't root for players. You have to root for the team or you root for the laundry. So I want to put a bow on this with this comment, and it's going to go back to football. We we sort of need to know if this is successful before it gets big, right? I mean, it's like I said, the Dodgers and those teams have been doing this for a while. I mean, they've been poaching veterans off other teams who can't afford to keep paying those players and filling their holes that way rather than having to build up a prospect. I mean, not, they've obviously got both now. They've got young kids and things like that, but and that's the real way to do it. That's what we want to see. We want to see a mixture. But the Oakland Raiders have a chance here to make a statement, right? This Antonio Brown deal, call it what you will, He's 30, right? Is he mm-hmm. is he the second best wide receiver in football? Could we agree on that? Sure. Is he maybe the first though? Maybe. I, I'd put Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and him maybe in like a triage. Is that fair? Yeah. I, although Brown's numbers, I believe, are the best of the three. I think so. That's what I mean. So they acquired the best wide receiver in football for what? A third? Yeah. <laughs> a right. third? At the end of the day, I think it was a third round pick. Yeah. Everything else kind of washed out with their other moves. If this works, this becomes the new norm. I, I, we live in Buffalo. I've been hammering this point with the Bills all off season that there are wide receivers to get. That's and you don't have to necessarily take one at number nine overall, or overpay for a, guy, a second-tier player in free agency. All the these all the way back already, to the baseball they, conversation we just had. They right? Did that by the way? <laughs> well, not really. Cole there's, Beasley there's still a move to be made. Cole Beasley. Um, <laughs> Cole okay. Beasley. Beasley. All right, let's put that up. Nice. I'm sure he's a nice guy. If Antonio Brown wanted to come to Buffalo, <laughs> that's a better move. Absolutely. Right? No question. For a third-round pick. No question. He, here's what the Raiders have done. They have brought in a guaranteed number one wide receiver, given him wide receiver, top wide receiver money, which is something you do. It's just something you do. But they've only, they've only given up a third-round pick. And if we're weighing the, – the, the right way to do this is to value all of the assets separately, right? So your draft picks – your free agent signings, your current extensions, they, they all hold weight within a GM's you know, lap. 
I'm going to guess a third round pick is about yeah. lower tier Pretty low, right? of, of an asset to an NFL team no right question. now, right? Right at the tail end of that top 100. And don't you think if a, if all 32 teams had the chance or all 31 teams had a chance to offer a third round pick for Antonio Brown and they just had to give him $30 million more guaranteed, I think they're all doing it. Well, is my point. But you but you're not but, factoring in the 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 off the field things that but, come with Antonio but Brown. Who cares? He, yeah, but you got to care. Three years. You have to care to some degree. I disagree because it's not an 8-year deal. It's not these long-term yeah, franchise but he could blow your team up in 1 year. But but they kind of already did that. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, they were kind of at rock bottom and this is like this is almost a guaranteed we're going to be better for a third round pick. And my point is if that's where the other sports are going towards then that's got to get better. Like, Antonio Brown's got to be worth a first-round pick, right? If Mookie Betts is going to get traded in four years, he's got to be worth hey. an absolute f- haul, right? Amari Cooper was worth the first. That's right. Right? That's Antonio right. And Brown's is that just worth age? Third. Is that just four years? Age and that's contract. Just a- age and contract. No. Antonio- well, they had to sign need- a- Brown needs- to a contract. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, Amari Cooper is going to need $100 million next year. I mean, <laughs> he's going to need it. Right. So, if that's what these trades are valuing out at right now, then that, then of course teams are going to take advantage of that. So that's got to get better. If free agency is going to die, which it's doing, it's dying. I mean, baseball free agency, football free agency are dying. Hockey's never really had one. Nobody ever gets the free agency in hockey unless you're, you know, coming off an injury or or, or just a second or third tier player, really. Um, And that's sort of I think where things are headed with these other sports. But, but if the trades aren't getting more impactful, right? Like, like, is there anything more important than a first-round pick in football right now? No. Knowing what we know and yes. seeing where the league is going. Right. Um, I, I get it. Teams won't give it up. But Antonio Brown, if Antonio Brown, at even at 30, can't garner a second, then there's a, that system's broken, in my opinion. It's broken. That's because if baseball's going there, if Mike Trout's going to be tradable and Mookie Betts is going to be tradable and Jordan Carl Stanton was already tradable – Right, and the Marlins aren't that much better after trading John Carlos no, Stanton. They're not. Right, they didn't. They didn't get enough to immediately become better from a Yankees farm team. Um, so, if that's the way these leagues want to operate, and if they want to do these mid-season trades and, and these off-season moves, like a ton of teams have chosen to do, that's got to get better. It's got. It's got to. It's got to mean more for what you're getting in return for these massive players. Because if the contracts are diminishing because they, they need to be movable then what you're getting for those players to move them has to become way, way, way better. And Antonio Brown is sort of the test case for this. All right, let's talk about uh, Gronk Yeah, with the Patriots. Player who didn't move. Player who did I think he could have. Well, there, there were some rumblings about that. Did you, you remember that? They almost yeah. tried to trade him to Detroit. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. And, and he, he tried wanted, to retire. That's right. <laughs> and so he retires uh, via Instagram. Yeah, I mean, how 2019? He uh, retires via Instagram. Although his agent did say, "Hey, if Tom Brady called him up, right? Sure did. If Tom calls him up and says, "Hey, we need something. We really need you. Come on back." And frankly, you look at his season last year. What he showed up for the playoffs, right? But I think they did that on purpose. Yeah, I, I, well, I sure. I, I, yeah. I know what you said, Kevin. I think to some degree that was the plan to yes. have him show up for the playoffs. Not that's not. I don't want to knock on Gronk. I think that was very smartly done by the Patriots, knowing that with all his injuries and that they couldn't get twenty games out of him or or nineteen games or whatever eight you know games they had to play out of him. Right. So they kind of shut him down for most of the middle of the regular season. And let him heal up and turned him on when they needed him to. Which was smart because Brilliant. of all the injuries that he's had. And you looked how he performed in the playoffs. Um, 
He made arguably two of the most important plays yeah. in their Super Bowl run. Not only that, but his blocking. His blocking well, that's his was legacy incredible, too, right? And that's his legacy. It his is. legacy was in the age where tight ends are essentially overstuffed wide receivers by nature of the way the spread offenses have taken over. Gronk was the throwback to the guy who was 65% receiver, 35% blocker most guys are 80 20 now right. if you're lucky um that's what made him great i some of the comments on some of the you know over the course of the day yesterday on monday when he retired was guys who played against him said he was ferocious as a blocker he's one of the toughest guys they ever had a face as a blocker you never hear that said about tight ends that was his legacy and frankly that's a little bit of a surprise because Coming out of college with a already with an injury history, nobody really knew how physical he was really going to be. And uh, he leaves as, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame tight end. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any question no, about that. I, no question. Um, but what does it do to the Patriots cap-wise, retirement-wise? And how much money do you think, I mean, if he were physically able, how much money is he leaving on the table, Mike? Not just this year, but yeah. uh, another contract. Yeah, he was set to make about $9.5 cash this year, so he, that's what the Patriots will save. It's about $2 million at dead cap is all, so it's, it's, you know, it's a semantics move for the Patriots, obviously. Um, he, look, he, he ranks seventh all-time among finances for tight ends. It's just because he had a shorter career, right? I mean, Gonzalo, yeah. Witten and Gonzalez, those guys played forever. Antonio Gates forever. Played nine um, years. Nine years. So he's a uh, he's a little under Greg Olson, which is a little interesting because hmm. I think their their careers kind of align a little bit. Maybe sure. salary wise, you mean? Yeah, Olson actually made sixty million, and Gronk's at fifty three and change. Yeah, and so Olson's had some injury history and equal. Jimmy Graham's a little more than him as well. So he wasn't exactly. I mean, he sent, he sort of signed longer term deals and restructured a little bit, but he never really cashed in two times big on big deals. That's probably just a. A victim of being with the Patriots, right? <laughs> He's going right to the Monday Night Football booth, right? Oh, oh my God! Like we have, Gronk. you know, I have not heard that. We have Gronk. No, we have not heard come that. Come on, listen. Really? It's Gronk. Uh, you think about it. He's going right to the WWE, or he's going right to t taking whatever action movie yeah. roles The Rock can't do. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I know people have said that, but I mean, come on. I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Sly Stallone did Rambo movies where he never uttered any dialogue. So if you're going in that direction, He's be, I will tell uh, you uh, don't. Uh, uh. <laughs> Maybe they could do a father-son action movie with the Boz and Gronk. There you yeah. go. Right? You could have that going on there. No, Witten goes back to the Cowboys to you know get out of there. You know, I could listen. I could see the entertaining. Gronk being in the booth because oh, he's Gronk. I think all. they're saying Greg Olson's going to take the job. I well, he he was Greg Olson had interviewed for the job on Monday Night Football uh, before when Witten got it between the two of them. Do you yeah. think ESPN is spinning their wheels now? Uh, I, Do you think Gronk would be good at that? Oh gosh, no. No, I think he'd I don't. be terrible at it. Terrible at it. Well, you it'd know be what? fun I, for like two weeks, and then when you need actual content and ability to carry you through, he would have none of it. <laughs> I think I think Gronk's more of the pregame guy. Well, you know, that could be game, right. football studio. Okay. Yeah. Be. I mean, he's listen. more of the taped bit where he goes out and spikes yeah. stuff in the city that he's in. <laughs> 
Come on now. Put him in the booger mobile, have him spit some spitballs at the guys. Oh, boy, you're not giving Arizona much credit for their education, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. Now, all that says... Was Arizona, right? Now, yeah. as much as we dog on him for sort of being goofy and dumb... Oh, you say we, you mean you. Yeah. I tend not to dog oh, on people who are much bigger than me. I, and live in the same town, by the, the way. The perception yeah. of everybody that he's kind of this big, dumb, goofy guy... But he's done some incredibly smart things, yes. and, and number one of those, the fact that he has banked all of his salary money and lived off of his endorsement money, that's that's uh, unique as hell and incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. And now let's be honest, Gronk comes from a, a rather well-off family that is, uh, owns a, a pretty sizable business, so that it's it's not like he needed that. You know, he's, he's surrounded by a lot of very smart people in his family. Is he? Where does he rank locally in terms of athletes that have come out of Western New York? Which I've is heard where we this. Are here. To, I've heard this talked about a little bit. I think right at the top. Okay, right at the top. People have thrown Warren Spahn around, who's a Western New York native. Well, Bob Lanier. Um, modern day, he's got to be number one, right? I modern mean, modern day, era, yes, right? No I mean, question. He's got to be number one. Absolutely. He's, he's a Hall of Fame player. I'm talking. I'm talking about Buffalo born. Mm-hmm. Uh, bread, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I talk, you know, you can compare him to Bills. It no, it's not a comparison. We, nope. We're talking about Buffalo born and bred. He he is the Patrick best. Patrick Kane is the other name that, mm. that right. you know, is thrown around. I would put Kane ahead of Gronk as far as. Uh, really? Yes, I would. I, I can't get there. Oh, no. I can't get there. You know why? I, I put him ahead of Gronk because um, Patrick Kane. For what I mean, I think it is harder to win in the National Hockey League Maybe. than it is in the NFL. Maybe um, it rested more on Kane's shoulders than it did on Gronk's shoulders. But let's actually frankly, talk about this because uh, you know he had Brady. Let's talk about okay. This. What, what? And Kane, listen, Kane had Taves. He had Duncan Keith, but uh, Kane scored some huge goals. You look at internationally, Patrick Kane. I'm, I'm, he single handedly put Chicago back in the postseason this year. Yes, uh, himself. He's unbelievable. He's been unbelievable. Yes, and I'm not saying Gronk's not unbelievable, but yeah, it's it's those two. I'd put Kane a slight uh, nudge ahead of Gronk. Yeah, but has Kane has Kane ever been the most dominating player at his position? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, yes. yes. For multiple years. Yes, yes, yes. Then it's it's got to be close. Then number one overall pick in the NHL sure. draft, and he's lived up to it. Yeah. If we had to, some, if we had to redraft, including that championships, draft. which you yes, know, you want to throw that in there as well too. Cup winner, and USA Hockey, right? Yeah, right. Cup winner. I mean, Patrick Kane is uh, he's one of the the all right the best forwards wingers of the, of the, the the modern era in the National Hockey League, and and he might be U.S. born. It might be. I'm telling you, when his career's done. Yeah. When his career's done, he might be the best USA-born player. I think that's right. All right, all right, you sold me. Which sounds crazy you to say me. right now, but he, but yeah, unarguably, Gronk yes. had ridiculous value to the Patriots. So so Correct. that's sort of how I want to finish here. Where, where does it go from here? I mean, they've been able to play without him. They won a Super Bowl without him. They they won what fourteen games last twelve games last year. What was their record? Fourteen. Yeah, uh, I think it was twelve. Were they eleven and five in the regular doesn't season. Doesn't matter. What doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Right. Right. They won matter. with them. Well, useless they, thing. You know, they, right. They, won they, with them. They've won out. They LeBron James them last year and let them sit out for half a year, and then they uh, let them come back when it mattered, and yep. it all still worked out. So clearly, they they know how to win without him, or they and they know how to build a team around his, you know, his injury proneness and all of that, right? But now they've got to have a full season without him. Now they have to have because this is let's say let's just say this is Brady's last year for whatever reason, right? Let's just say this is going to be it. You might not even go. They have go done. Back. They've done nothing. <laughs> Correct. They have done nothing on the offensive side of the ball to improve 
replace. I mean, have nothing. Have you not learned your lessons? No, no, no. I, <laughs> but have you but, not learned your lessons pa- that pa- we have pa- this conversation pa- every year? Paul, I got to push back on you because I, I nobody followed free agency more than I did. I mean, I <laughs> I read so many damn tweets. I'm going crazy in my head still from it. But the the Patriots were in. This free agent. They were in on Adam right. Humphreys. Yep. They were in on Cole Beasley. And they they were him. in and they missed for whatever reason. Money, structure, fit. Brady's going to retire after this year and the guy didn't want to come. Whatever it's going to be, they missed and they were in. Because usually you're right. Usually they, I mean, and they did. They sat aside for three days. But that doesn't mean they didn't, haven't done that in years past as well either. But, but, so, but they didn't lose So Brock they'll those just years. shift their gears, <laughs> go to the draft, use all their draft capital, trade up, move around, get up into the draft. Draft a kid from Iowa. That's who never people, worked. Who people say could be the next Gronk, and he might be the next Gronk. They need to trade for AJ Green. There is a tight end of that caliber in the draft, correct? Yes. If, am I correct? Hawkinson from okay. Iowa. Yeah. Yes. So, Iowa. so clearly that's going to be where people start to put him. Right. But is is that even enough? When is the last time the Patriots drafted a wide receiver that was impactful that year? When was the last time they needed that? But my point is, if this is Brady's last year, if this is it. What are they going to do in the next two months to to make this year work? Well, there's but, no more three. No, no. Think about it beyond the. If this is Brady's last year, it's not a matter of what happens this year. Oh, they don't because Brady can take any guy and the league and mm. make him great. It's what oh. happens beyond that. I disagree with that. I and here's why I disagree with that. He did it. He made his receivers great because Gronk was the attention of the uh, defense. No way. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that Gronk had more to do with it than Brady himself? I'm saying Gronk had more to do with those receivers getting open. You think Julian Edelman right now, if they do nothing, is going to be uh, one-on-one anymore? No freaking way. No way. And you know what? If he's not one-on-one, they'll figure out a way to get him one-on-one. Brady will figure out a way to get him the ball, or they'll find somebody else on the other side that Brady will get the ball. Brady has the ability, unlike any quarterback in Ever of taking a bunch of ordinary receivers, he's done it his entire career outside of Randy Moss and, and helping Cooks. make them. I didn't say great receivers; I said making them good enough to help the team reach its end goal, I, which is Super Bowls. I think he was able when Aaron to Hernandez do it. got on everybody's in his issues. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, they were so dominant with Gronk and Hernandez. What are they going to do without him?" Didn't have a factor because they still had Gronk. I'm telling. I think. I think. They, Gronk they won was with Gronk before factor. they had let, Gronk. Let me spin this another way because it, it you, running we, game. We've talked about. Well, we've talked about it with Gronk. Ha- half of Gronk is blocking. G- g- having Gronk and and Dwayne Allen, both of whom are gone now, meant we can lose our left tackle every year. We can lose our right tackle every year. We can bring in four running backs who are all different because Gronk sealed the edge, and he just did. If any, if you watch any tape in the Patriots. It's not an understatement what you said. He is he should be mo- known more for that side of the game than even the big plays, the seam routes. But if they're losing all of his his catches, all of his touchdowns, which there's so many touchdowns by the way, if you haven't seen the numbers. I mean, my touchdowns. god. Right. In the postseason touchdowns too, but 12. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. But if they're losing both of their blocking tight ends and their left tackle and their right tackle, which they've all lost this year. All of them. 
Gone. I, everything you're saying, Mike, makes perfect logical sense, but I will not go down the road well, of doubting what they have done forever, which is plugging the next guy. Remember, they drafted a tackle in the first round of the draft. He got hurt. He didn't play. So now you're going to draft a guy that nobody thinks you know anything about into the left tackle spot, and he'll probably be better than where they were last I year. Think or they're going to draft a tight end, and they'll figure out a way to get him to be good enough. at the, All we need you to do is hold the edge and – he might be able to be good enough to do that. You're 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 trying to replace one of the all time greats with good enough, and that's not going to be good enough. And you didn't enough. say that after Randy Moss left there when he was there. Randy Moss was not in his prime. He was pretty darn close. He was to pretty. It, Kevin. He was good. He was, but he also had Gronk. They had to pay attention to. I'm just saying. Look at. I think you guys are nuts to be doubting. Well. I think, I think we've. If there's nothing we've learned, I think you're, you're nuts. Crazy. To, I, I think you're nuts to diminish Gronk's departure. I'm not diminishing Gronk's sure departure. Sure, you are. They He's won like, yeah, before. Good enough. They won before he came. They won when the year that he, when he wasn't there. And you don't think they automatically are not going to be able to win because he's not there now? I never said automatically. What I'm saying is he was such a huge factor on that yep. team. I think it made every other player better because all the attention was on Gronk. Defensive coordinators, they weren't figuring, all right, how do we take Gronk away to make Brady throw to these other guys? That's that's what you had to figure out when you're playing the Patriots. Just when you you face uh, and what happened the, the Bengals. times when he missed all those games? They had other guys who filled in for a short period of time, Paul. Right? Short period of time, not so for not for an entire all season. All it takes is to get him in the playoffs, Kevin. They should get A.J. Green, shouldn't they? Here's my point, and it puts a bow in this whole conversation. There's a big trade coming. Has to I, be. I There's agree. a huge trade coming. It, just like they did with Brandon Cooks a couple years ago, they are, they are eyeing other teams right now, and they are sizing it up, and it's because they missed. They missed on their guys, and they were in. They, they, they know they have to get better. So I, I agree with you. They've always made it work, but they themselves – Sure, we're aggressive. We're, we're publicly and, aggressive and, right. in saying we're and going we're after guys. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. But there is a move coming, and I think AJ Green sounds just about right. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, right? they need someone because they like don't him. need a guy who can get downfield. Brady can't even throw downfield anymore. Right? They just need a guy who can fill in that that maybe that Gronk seam route, a couple of out patterns, and then if Edelman can still do it, fine. Clearly, they don't think Edelman can do it all sixteen games, though. No, because they were going after Cole Beasley and Adam Humphreys. And that's the Edelman role, or the Chris Hogan role, which was completely vacated last year. But um, there's moves to be made. It's coming. Uh, get ready. The Patriots always make trades in June, July, and August. So uh, just expect one of them to be pretty darn big, I think. All right. We're going to argue some more when the show's over. But want to mention you <laughs> that the Spot Track Podcast is presented by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. They empower professional athletes, entertainers, with knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth so they keep it. We're going to talk to these guys soon, by the way. Yeah. A couple of people from this company. It's their, uh, They do some really neat work with the athletes directly to sort of be creative. I mean, we talked about how Gronk has been saving his money and things like that. There's a lot of really neat ways that endorsements and taxes and all that I'm stuff kind fascinated. of get involved. I'm fascinated yeah. to hear what they, t- what they do with signing bonuses. They've got p- certain people for different sports, so I want to hear all about the different ways that they handle the different athletes. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. Learn more. Visit morganstanley.com slash GSE. Paul Peck's going to do so with all his cash. You Morgan bet. Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. Thanks for listening to this edition of the SpotTrack.com podcast.